Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome aboard. It's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. on Thursday night here on the East Coast of the United States. You know what day and time it is wherever you are tuned in to the Steve Malzberg Show on TNT. You like that tuned in? I don't have to say listening or watching. I just say tuned in. Covers it all. (laughs) And it only took me a month to come up with that. All right, so we have uh, breaking news um, this news broke about an hour ago, maybe a little more. And finally, finally, uh, although it's not enough, the U.S. has done something about the attacks by the Houthi rebels, the Iranian-backed Houthis in Yemen. They've um, launched along with their counterparts from uh, Great Britain, uh, airstrikes against the Houthis. Um, we're talking about launch sites, radar sites, weapon storage, drone storage sites, those kinds of uh, targets. And this is so long overdue. And I don't think it's enough. I don't think you go back and forth with them and say, now, see what we could do. You better not do it again because they're going to keep doing it again. You eliminate the threat. You're the freaking United States of America and Great Britain. And these are a bunch of, what did our guests call them yesterday? Um, motorcycle gang. They're a motorcycle gang. <laughs> and you're, you're giving them warning. You're giving them this. We gave them warning that the attack was coming, apparently, too. Um, so here's, here's what they've done. There have been 27 attacks on international ships in the Red Sea by the Houthis. 27 attacks. 130 uh, attacks on U.S. forces in and around the area. Okay? And finally, and by the way, there's a ship being held now, and finally, we respond. After over a month of this nonsense, this utter now, who the hell are the Houthis? To, to stop international shipping. You wipe them out. You make sure they don't can't do it again. The United States and Great Britain have to have credibility. Now, let me ask a question, though. Let me ask a question. Um, drone storage facilities, radar uh, system, radar systems. Let's just take those two targets. What would the United States and Great Britain do if the uh, drones were stored under hospitals, in schools, in a mosque, in homes? What if the launching pads, the, uh, the, uh, the, the radar systems, the radar systems, which are very key, obviously, what if they were located in residential areas? What if they put those on the roofs of school or the roofs of a hospital or wherever? I'm saying a roof because I think radar has to go on a roof. Wherever, inside, on top, whatever. Would the United States and Joe Biden and Great Britain say, oh, well, gee, too bad. We'd like to bomb them and get rid of their radar system and get rid of their drones 
which is screwing up international commerce and threatening American troops time after time after time. But you know what? These hooties are smart. They put these things uh, in schools. So we surrender. We can't do it. Or they put them in hospitals. We can't touch them. Smart hooties. We surrender. You think that U.S. would do that? I would love to believe we would not. But juxtapose that, and let's make the analogy, it's exactly what Hamas does. It's exactly what Hamas does. And then when Israel responds, oh, they killed civilians. Well, nobody wants to kill civilians. But it's the terrorist fault for, 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 for putting military offensive weapons and at radar and headquarters and you name it in civilian locations hospitals schools mosques you know dwellings whatever so i just found it interesting i'm waiting to hear the first uh, reporter question to well it can't be lloyd austin I, and this this is not his fault suppose he's still in the hospital okay i mean i don't know you know god bless him i hope he gets out but whoever's running our Defense Department, whoever's running our Pentagon, I can't wait for the first question to come to them. Uh, how many civilians? Were there civilians in the area? You know, how many civilians were hit? I, I just can't wait. And, and imagine, just imagine if the Houthis did put their radar systems like Hamas does and their weapons like Hamas does. Would the U.S.? Would 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 the the um, uh, Rashid Talib tell the U.S. don't don't shoot them don't don't bomb them let them keep hey you know what they're just smarter than us there's new rules to war if you're a terrorist and you purposely endanger civilians you win how would that be how would that be for the United States and Great Britain and our allies endangered civilians have human shields rule the world how would that be would that fly i saw the analogy right away i don't know the location of, of the bombing i'm just saying what if what if would we still hit those targets or would we say huh look they're on the roof of that school building can't can't touch them gotta gotta let them keep their radar i would hope not I would hope the rules of war haven't changed to give terrorists, and by nature, they're terrorists if they use human shields, victory out of ins insanity. Okay? That's what I wanted to say. Speaking of insanity, whoosh, what, a, what a segue. Jill Biden, Dr. Dr. Jill. She was interviewed by, and by the way, Joe Biden hasn't been seen since Monday. That's what I'm hearing. Eastern time. It's now coming up on Friday. Really? Where is he? What's going on? Gee whiz. What, what a country. Oh, my God. Okay. And Trump was in court today in New York for his civil trial. He tried to make a closing argument. The judge told him, sit down. It, it, it just keeps going. Hunter Biden, our friend Hunter, who was in the uh, committee hearing room yesterday, remember that? Uh, he flew to 
Los Angeles, I guess overnight, because he was there today. He was uh, arraigned on tax charges, and if convicted, he could face 17 years in prison, which will never happen, and he pled not guilty. So there's a, a million things, just a million things going on and on and on. Also, yesterday, the, the House Judiciary Committee voted along party lines to charge Hunter Biden, hold him in contempt of Congress for not obeying the subpoena. Today, the committee that Hunter invaded yesterday, the Oversight Committee, which is the one who sent the subpoena, uh, voted uh, to also do the same thing. So two committees along party lines have voted to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress, and now it's going to be voted on, I don't know exactly when, by the whole House. If they pass it, if they say yes, then it goes to the Justice Department, the Attorney General, and boy, won't that be interesting won't that be interesting as we learn more and more that not only in that civil case in new york where Letitia james is the uh, the attorney general of new york and she's the one bringing the charges really unprecedented charges kind of against donald trump um we learned that reportedly she's been to the white house i think three times kind of like before during and 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 uh, the uh, this whole indictment of Trump on these these civil charges. And we learned that uh, Fannie uh, Willis not only has the boyfriend problem, who's a prosecutor that has been getting money paid as part of this case, and they've taken trips and blah, 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 but that she's been either to the White House or to see Kamala. Yeah, yeah, but they have nothing to do with it. Biden and Kamala and then the DOJ, nothing. Biden has nothing to do with the, any of these indictments. <laughs> oh my my so little mika little mika brzezinski whose brother works for joe biden as i've told you a million times he is the u.s ambassador to poland of course there's never a disclaimer when little mika or her husband joe whose brother-in-law ironically enough holds the same job because they're married <laughs> anyway he, there's no disclaimer when he speaks uh, uh, ill of Trump and well of Biden either. And there was no disclaimer when little Mika interviewed little Dr. Jill uh, today on Morning Joe. And let, let's get to it. I mean, these questions are pathetic. And it's, uh, it's, it's one big love fest, one big sympathy uh session it's one big you're great we love you everybody you know the the right stinks so let's let's hear it for let you hear it for itself here is cut number 148. there have been senate races three presidential campaigns eight years of your husband serving as vice president um unthinkable personal loss and challenge and now democracy is on the ballot what do you think when you hear that people say, well, I just can't vote for Joe Biden this election? What is it that they may not know about him at this point, especially when the alternative seems to want to change this nation so radically? Well, you know, Miko, um, when I was dating Joe, um, one of the things that drew me to him was his strength. And um, I at that point, he had been through the death of his wife and baby daughter in a car accident. 
And then, um, you know, later we experienced the death of our son to cancer. Throughout all of this, you know, I, I saw Joe as steady and calm and resilient. Superman. Joe Biden is Superman. One of the first things that drew you to him. I mean, if you listen to her ex-husband, I'm just saying, I don't know the facts. I wasn't there. If you listen to her ex-husband, um, didn't worry. You know, she was attracted to Joe. It didn't go. Put it. Let's put it this way: It didn't go down according to him the way it went down according to Dr. Jill and Joe. Let's let's just put it that way. I don't have time to get into that. All right. Here's more. Here's uh, cut number 149. When we got here, I felt that he knew how to rebuild this country because he had rebuilt our family out of tragedy. And I think what people don't see is how hard Joe works every single day, that he gets up thinking what he can do for the American people. And he does that, you know, it, his job doesn't end when we just have dinner together at seven o'clock. Potentially another four years in the White House yes. with everything you do here. Does yet another one give you any pause thinking of like the personal health and well-being for both of you, the division in this country, the cruelty of MAGA Republicans against your family? Does any part of you once in a while think, oh, Maybe we bow out. You know, that's why I want to go through yet another campaign, because I think, as Joe says, democracy, our freedoms are what's on the line. And so Americans have a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, they can have strong, steady leadership, mm -hmm. someone fighting for democracy, mm -hmm. or they can choose chaos and division. Wow. Wow. I mean, that answer is so unexpected based on the question. Oh, the MAGA people, what they're doing to your family. What are they doing to it? What are they doing to her family? To Hunter? To Hunter, who's just was arraigned on tax charges that could put him in jail for 17 years? That family? What are they supposed to do? To Hunter, who, who people say that were close to Hunter, business partners, that Joe was involved, that Joe would come on business calls, you know, uh, uh, on the speakerphone during business meetings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The emails that say the big guy, all the evidence that they have in the in the house um, with uh, with payments from foreign countries and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you mean that 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 family, Hunter and the brother who got money and the grandkids who got money from these foreign countries for doing nothing? That family? Those evil Republicans, those evil MAGA people. This is this is this is really disgusting. It really is. I mean, you know, she couldn't have the Bidens couldn't have bought time on a network and had a an easier forum. You know, they couldn't have done a commercial on their own. This is actually better because it gives the impression that she's answering questions. She's answering questions my butt. Dr. Jill. Why don't you ask her, uh, you know, whatever. I was going to say a medical thing. She's not a medical doctor. It doesn't matter. She's Dr. Jill. Here is cut number 150. Uh, 
How have you been coping personally uh, with the onslaught of accusations against your husband and your family, including and especially Hunter, as the focus of a House Oversight Committee hearing, holding him in contempt, obsessing yes. over him, showing pictures of, of him during vulnerable moments Horrible. in his battle with addiction on the floor of the House? This would crush any family. Mika, I, I think what they are doing to Hunter is cruel. And I'm really proud of um, how Hunter has rebuilt his life uh, after addiction. You know, I'm, I love my son and it's, had, it's hurt my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm so concerned about, that it's affecting their lives as well. Well, if it's affecting the grandchildren, that's another story. I'm so glad that Dr. Jill pointed that out. Hey, Congress, forget the contempt of Congress. Forget the fact that he decided not to come and honor a subpoena. Forget the fact that he tries to show up Congress by holding a press conference outside a few weeks ago and then another you know, coming into the uh, hearing room yesterday. Forget all that. And by the way, Tell the judge in California who arraigned him today, where he was arraigned, tell him it's affecting the grandchildren. Drop the case. We can't have the grandchildren affected, now can we? What do you think it does to uh, Donald Trump's grandchildren? Or Donald Trump's son? When your husband says I'd like to take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Doctor, what do you think it does to Trump's grandchildren and his son when, when Biden and every other Democrat and every member of the media calls him a Nazi? Doctor, give me a break. Oh, I can't believe it. My poor grandchildren, they're hearing this about Hunter. Well, then Hunter shouldn't have done what he did. He should have complied with the subpoena. He shouldn't have, well, I don't know if he's guilty or not, but he, you know, he's charged if he's guilty. Or maybe because of your grandchildren, he shouldn't be charged. This is ludicrous insanity. Insan how are you putting up with what they're doing to you, to Hunter? How are you, how, uh, yeah. and you know what? If you don't want to have it shown then don't put stuff on the internet because that's a lesson that I was taught by a very smart man at the beginning of all this. I mean, internet stuff, nothing on the internet is safe. Nothing. I don't care what you got, I, nothing. So you don't have yourself with uh, hookers doing sex or people that allegedly might've crossed state lines having sex. And then when it's shown, it's like, oh, it's affecting my grandchildren, duh. This is, this is just, this is, you talk about propaganda? Again, propaganda from the woman, Mika, whose brother works for her husband. <laughs> Let's go to uh, cut number 151. What do you think when you hear Trump Republicans calling it the Biden crime family? Or uh, <laughs> I have one congresswoman, the Biden crime family sold out America, Marjorie Taylor Greene. He's a liar. He's mentally incompetent. Um, and let's not even talk about what let's go Brandon means, mm -hmm. but you have U.S. senators holding signs that say that. Biden it's hard to realize our country, isn't it? I mean, to look at it, what we used to have and um, what the other side, the extremists 
have turned this country into. It's really, it's, it's so disgusting. It really is. Who are the extremists? Who are the extremists? Your husband and his Justice Department are prosecuting the man who's leading in the polls to be the next president. They want him in jail. They're trying to put him in jail before the election. Your husband. And right on down the list, please don't even, yeah, I mean, everything, everything, everything that's going on in this country. Everything. Wouldn't you love to hear Mika say, so what's the story with that diary, the alleged diary of your daughter where she allegedly wrote that your husband showered with her? How old was she when he showered with her? <laughs> I would pass out. <laughs> All right. Uh, one more. One more from poor, poor broken Mika to uh, poor victim Dr. Jill. Here is cut number 152. So democracy is on the ballot and also uh, been lost in this uh, last four years or during your husband's presidency as a result of the Trump presidency, and that is a woman's right to choose women's health care. How important do you think that should be in a factor for all Americans who are voting in the next election? It feels like we've slid back. I mean, I can't believe my daughters. That's why we have to keep fighting. And we're going, and what Joe wants to do is to codify Roe. And that's what we have to do. We have to keep fighting. Wow. And by the way, doesn't she sound like a, a real intelligent woman? No, no, I'm not talking about Mika. <laughs> I'm talking about Dr. Jill. Doesn't she sound like super intelligent? That PhD means so much, it just proves it because you could tell. If you heard her talk, you would say she should have a fud. Doesn't she have a fud? She's so intelligent, she must have a fud. I mean, that's what you would say if you heard Dr. Jill speak, especially in these two instances. The first one uh, last year, and the second one, I believe, was back in uh, 2021. And um, again, the intelligence, the, the smarts, the, the fudu of Dr. Jill just comes out glowingly in, in these two bites that are back to back. So uh, here it is. Here's cut 154. But we can't get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, <laughs> is your strength. Now it's, all, it's up to us to live up to that promise. When we come together, we are powerful. With love for our communities, with hope for our future, with faith in each other, anything is possible. So say it with me. See, say, Broadway. The future is ours. Thank you. Oh, what a brilliant, brilliant woman. First, she uh, <laughs> calls bodegas bodegas. <laughs> and then she, in the same breath, the next breath, uh, compares Latinos to tacos. And then on that other uh, uh, 
See, say Podway, which of course is is improper grammar in the language of you know in in Spanish. It's not it's not the way it's said. It is see see say day. I'm not an expert, but it's not Podway. Doctor Jill, never forget it. All right, folks, when we come back, <laughs> I like that, uh, when, when, as opposed to a real doctor or someone who deserves a PhD. Um, anyway, um, when we come back, we're going to talk to a Democrat running for the U.S. Senate in the great state of California. And that should be an interesting conversation. She spent most of her career as a uh, TV news star personality and we'll talk to her we'll talk about the people she's running against and the state she's running for to represent and all that kind of stuff steve malsberg right here on tnt (laughs) my baby's back from the west coast (laughs) hear those pictures that you asked for for your school project first day of school cute as a button (laughs) so long ago Oh, here's Grandma Florence after that flood wiped out the whole neighborhood. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Ah, those beans smell heavenly. Mm-hmm. Give Mom a little credit. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay, smart. I'm coming to share with you guys. Protect your legacy. Plan for natural disasters today. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments, We turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide the news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. So many journalists are paying with their lives. They face exponential risks and they've already paid a heavy toll death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Surtout que je m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. Sounds pretty good. It sounds real, dude. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back. Um, of course, not only are we chugging along towards a presidential election um, in November, uh, but there'll be, of course, every congressional seat is up and some Senate seats, of course. And um, we have uh, one Senate seat in particular, of course, uh, with uh, Dianne Feinstein um, going bye bye. And then the governor appointing a, a temporary replacement. Uh, that seat is a lot of people running for it on both the Republican side and the, and the Democrat side. Uh, even Steve Garvey, the former Los Angeles Dodger, uh, is uh, running on the Republican side to get the, uh, the nod uh, there. But we're joined right now by um, uh, Senate candidate and career journalist, by the way, 10 years at KTLA, most recently at uh, Fox LA. And we welcome in uh, Christina Pascucci. And Christina, welcome aboard. Thank you for having me. Really good to be with you. All right. So tell me, tell me, first of all, uh, why you decided to leave the wonderful, wonderful world of broadcasting behind um, where I mean, salary wise, you're probably if uh, making more than you would make as a senator uh, to become a U.S. senator. What's what's it within you? What's the uh, the driving force within you to 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 make you seek this uh, career change? It's a good question, because I did have an illustrious career I was very proud of and uh, I'm sacrificing a lot to do this, but I love my country. I love California and I saw its demise. I saw the writing on the wall. I looking at who else was in this race and running for this specific seat. I felt that I would do a much better job and we're at a critical point in our nation's history where we need people to step up to the plate. And I believe I can be that person. Why a Democrat? Now your answer could very well be I've been a Democrat my whole life. Uh, but uh, you again, you've 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 seen what's happened to your state. And for the most part, that's uh, happened under under Democrat control. So why are you a Democrat and not a Republican or an independent? I'm running as an independent Democrat, and I do that to differentiate myself from the current Democratic Party. I agree with you to an extent. I think that a lot of the failures of this state um, have been because of some of the ultra, ultra left policies. And I'm more of a JFK era Democrat. I'm fiscally responsible. I think we have to address the nation's debt, secure the border, uh, really stimulate our economy by empowering small businesses, not taxing them and regulating them beyond, you know, so then they can't even ex exist anymore. And where I where I relate more to the Democratic side is more how JFK did, which is uplifting underserved communities, making sure we're caring for the environment, things like that, which ultimately aren't really party issues. It's just common sense. Okay, well, uh, uh, short of getting uh, involved in uh, in a climate change debate with you, for instance, I'll give you I'll give you one, and then I looked it up afterward because I had never heard this before, and there it was, uh, it, it was right there. For instance, on electric vehicles and the state of California, where state of California always seems to lead the way on these things, and then the rest of the country kind of copies them state by state, or or maybe even federally. So the, so I, I forget the year, but um, you know better than me. They, they, there'll be no more electric vehicle, no more. Uh, uh, regular cars on on uh, regular gas okay so right now not only don't we have the charging stations the capacity in the electric grid the bat the, the batteries which are made mostly in china we'd be relying on them 
the uh, I never knew this part. The the electric vehicles weigh more. Um, Weigh as opposed to Way. They weigh more, and we don't. Uh, Nikki Haley said at the debate yesterday with uh, the governor, um, um, Governor DeSantis, that. It, it would affect the bridges, the infrastructure, the highways, because all of a sudden you'd have these this extra added weight on these aging highways and bridges, um, which, I, like I said, I've never heard. I Googled it, and it did say that it weighs more because of the battery, the frame for the battery, the, all kinds of things. Um, I, so are you one of those that really feels that we should only be driving electric vehicles, you know, by that year or or in the near future? Okay, a lot to unpack in, in what you just said. And look, I, I agree to an extent that sometimes when you have certain policies that are well intended to help the environment, they actually undermine the environmental movement because the infrastructure is not currently in place and it just doesn't make common sense. So I when I say I care about the environment deeply, which I do, I care about clean air, clean water, and doing everything we can to make sure that we have uh, a clean environment and we're minimizing our impact on the environment. I think anyone would agree with that. I, I understand how people were up in arms when there was this law passed that by 2035, there's not going to be any gas cars sold in California. And then I think it was the next week or very close to the time of that announcement that then people were told, don't charge your cars to the electric grid, can't handle it. And it was ridiculous. <laughs> but that's why, you know, I do think that we need to put the pressure on to spur innovation and go toward green technologies because when you have 8 billion people on the planet, that's how you're going to sustain humanity is by coming up with innovative ways to continue your existence and minimizing your impact on the planet. So that that is where I more align with the Democratic Party, but I think it needs to be done in a smart and sensible way. Let me throw a couple of names at you. Adam Schiff, Katie Porter, Barbara Lee. Uh, they're all uh, hoping for the same opportunity as you to get the Democratic nomination. Um, I, I guess you you would say that uh, you're not all the way. Well, you're not. You said you're, you're a Kennedy Democrat, which, by the way, you know, Bill Clinton you don't have to go back to Kennedy. Bill Clinton had to apologize for welfare reform, for don't ask, don't tell, for the crime bill. So, you know, be, you're running a, even a bigger risk of being a Kennedy Democrat. You probably have to say, well, I don't know what you would say, but it, that's how far left the Democrats have gone. And so quickly, even Obama had to apologize for some things that he did early in his in his first term. So how far left has this Democrat Party shifted? And how do you fit into that as a Kennedy Democrat, espousing a lot of, you know, the same um, values that a lot of Republicans have? I think most Americans share common values toward wanting to feel safe and wanting to just know that their border is secure and that their leaders are working for them in the best possible way. Uh, I, I want to bring the Democratic Party back to its ideals and America back to its ideals. And the Democratic Party has become so left. I want to bring it back to more of this, this centrist place where it actually is serving its people. But the problem that I see with all the names you just mentioned and, and why I decided to jump into this race is that it has become the type of environment where it is party over people. And whether you're a Democrat or Republican, I think that has to stop. And for on, on the Democratic side, you know, acknowledging the shortcomings of the Democratic Party is an important piece of instilling trust once again 
into government. We have to acknowledge when we failed, we have to acknowledge what isn't working. And when people in our party who have gone to the extreme left with extreme ideologies, trying to use violence to justify, you know, they're trying to get their their word out, that is not okay. And Schiff, Porter, Lee, to me, have been complicit in the rise of extreme ideology because they don't call that kind of behavior out. And that that needs to be done on the left and right. And neither does the media. And, and you know, I, I definitely want to talk about it. We're talking to uh, a U.S. Senate candidate from the great state of California, Christina Pascucci. Uh, so let me let me ask you about the media and, and what what I, I you know, I, this is something I, t- I talk about almost every night to w- one extent or another. And I've been doing it for about 30, 30 years. It's never been worse than it is. Not only don't these aforementioned uh, candidates call out or do, do, do the progressives not call it out um, when it happens on the left and the president doesn't call it out. It's only MAGA, 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 and it's only January 6th. But the media, the media, let me let me just say one thing. You know, Donald Trump sneezes and doesn't say, excuse me, and they'll interrupt his speech to tell you that it's a lie or he did it wrong or whatever. Joe Biden gives gave his couple of speeches before he disappeared, I think, last Friday and this past Monday, Pennsylvania and the other one. And, you know, it's all about MAGA and hatred and white supremacy and hate and violence. You know, the media could have easily have pulled up. Uh, two cuts, at least, of Biden saying, I wish I could have taken Trump out behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. They could have played Cory Booker on a late night show um, while while Trump was president, saying my testosterone makes me want to punch him in the face. Uh, they could have brought out Chuck Schumer threatening uh, Kavanaugh and uh, and um, and uh, Gorsuch. Uh, if you vote this way on abortion, you've unleashed this and that. You, you're going to incur the wrath. You're going to feel it. Now, again, they can't be voted out of office. So what else could they have been talking about except violence, in my view? And it's, again, it's as if these and Carol Mosley Braun get in their faces. Don't let them enjoy a moment of peace. The cabinet of Trump at the time go after them in shopping malls. Go not never ever ever brought up. Not even by the Republicans. I'm sorry to say, but by the news media, never. Well, where do I start in response to all that? First off, I will say uh, you're right in the sense of polarization is profitable. And this is part of the reason I'm running. I am so sick of this BS on either side. I want to focus on policy and issues that impact real Americans day to day and stop this fighting between the parties and be the kind of the kind of leader that inspires and that people aspire to have because you have countries all over the world who look to america and how to lead and they are watching us right now they are losing respect for us and frankly i know california has lost respect from the rest of the nation as well with some of the things that has gone on here so i want to be the kind of leader that instills the ideals that bring us back to ourselves, back to our decency, back to our humanity, and not getting caught up in this, you know, shiny object over here, which really does nothing to to further the needle, to move the needle for the American people in terms of improving their daily quality of life. Two more questions, um, and then I'll have you give out your website and uh, if people are interested in finding out more about you and helping you. But let me ask you this, um, Kamala Harris, uh, <laughs> what's your take on, on Kamala Harris? <laughs> well, I mean, that's a loaded question. Um, you know, she, it is. She it is. California, I, I respect. Uh, I respect the the way in which she has 
fought hard and, and, you know, I don't know. I I think there's a zero sum game here in answering that question. And I I honestly don't have much of an opinion other than I think we just need a a new generation of leaders that are fighting for um, what we all want, which is a better America. I actually have one more thing to say about the media too, if that's okay. Yeah, but but wait, wait, one minute, one minute, one minute. But Christina, with all due respect, she is uh, the the new generation of leaders. I mean, she, I don't know how old she is, but she's not uh, 60 or 70 or 80. Um, she can't put a sentence together. She just loves Venn diagrams and school buses. Oh, school buses. She loves school buses. She can't talk. Do you know that the election coming up in November is the most election of our lifetime? Not the most important, not the most uh, consequential, but the most election in our lifetime. These are all quotes from from Kamala Harris. Uh, and when she's not laughing, those are the things she's saying. So I'm not going to let you off the hook here. I mean, would you <laughs> is she qualified to be if if Joe doesn't run or something happens to Joe while he's president and she's vice president? Is she qualified to be president of the United States? I mean, in terms of her, in terms of her resume, she is. If if we're if you're asking if we're aligned on many different issues, that might be a different answer. And it's not about letting me off the hook. I'm always happy to have these direct conversations. And frankly, well, then I I'm asking it. you about her. I'm asking about her intellect, the way she's handled herself, anything she's accomplished. She was supposed to be in charge of the border, which you is very big to you. She didn't even get sent down there when they met with the president of Mexico. Homeland Security went. Secretary of State went. She didn't go. I mean, do you think she's capable? I think she's capable. I think it's up to the American people to decide that. And when she was running for president, she wasn't polling. You know, she dropped out of the race for a reason. And so I I think that you have to let the American people decide. And and she wasn't their chosen candidate. And that's very clear. Okay, let's go back to the media. I want to get your point in there. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, One thing that has been I, I do. I want to say that I think it's more important than ever to have good journalists who are holding people accountable, who are fighting the good fight, because on social media, people are 70 percent more likely to spread misinformation. So we need people in leadership who understand the fight for truth and against misinformation. That being said, recently, I have noticed that because I don't necessarily fit the narrative, uh, I feel that my campaign's been silenced. Case in point, the upcoming debate, despite myself as a moderate Democrat and two Republicans who are polling at a collective 20%, normally the presidential debate, 1%, you're on that stage for the first debate. We have a collective 20%. And instead of allowing all seven polling candidates on the stage, they're just choosing their four, including the three you mentioned earlier, which is really the only three candidates that have been touted since the beginning of this, uh, since they started campaigning last February before polls even came out. And so to me, that's showing that the media is trying to pick the candidates for the people yep. and they're silencing the voices of voters who said they'd rather hear from one of three other candidates. I did say I had two questions and the next one was going to be about Biden, but I'm not going to ask that one. I will ask you one more question and I hope you'll give me a direct answer. Not that you've been avoiding me, but I just want, would you, if, if Kamala Harris turns out to be the nominee, for the Democrats in 20, at the end of this year, after the convention, for whatever reason, would you vote for Kamala Harris for president? Thank you for the direct question. Um, at this point, I would say I don't have enough information to make that choice. And okay. I. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 okay. Fair, fair enough. How could people find out more about you and, uh, and support you if they want to do that? 
ChristinaForCalifornia.com. They can learn more information there. Oh, well, that's, a, that's, that's certainly easy. And I thank you so much. I wish you the best of luck. And, you know, let's uh, stay in touch and no matter what happens. And uh, Christina Pascucci, and uh, thank you for your time. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Take, take care. All right, folks. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I admire her, what she's doing, you know, going from, uh, from a very successful uh, uh, media career. And, uh, you know, truth be told, if, if it doesn't work out, I'm sure she could always go back to that media career. Um, there may be some enhancement uh, to that career uh, after this run. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but um, it is what it is, as they say. Now, we happen to have one final segment left in the hour. Where have you heard that before? Right here, every night. Oh, one thing, I, one thing I'm not thrilled about is when she, does, she doesn't have enough information. I didn't want to badger her. She doesn't have enough information to know if she would vote for Kamala Harris for president? And she wants to be the U.S. Senator from the state of California? I'm sorry. Not that it's going to happen anyway, but I'm sorry. Steve Malsberg, right here on TNT. Even the thought of dementia can feel scary. It's why we put off getting help, even though we've noticed changes in our thinking or memory. But an early diagnosis can change everything, giving you medical help and a support system around you to help you live better. Start with Dementia Australia's online checklist. Because the sooner you know, the more you can do. Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. You know, I, welcome back. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Steve M. Talk, uh, Facebook.com slash Steve M. Talk. Twitter is also Malsberg Show. You could do that. And um, uh, Instagram, Steve M. Talk. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I was just having a little discussion in my head. I don't want to indict anybody or get anybody involved. Discussion in my head that what if she said when I asked her, would you vote for Kamala Harris if she became the nominee? Yeah, I mean, look, she's a Democrat. She has to think politically what she's got. But so if she said yes, there'd be some repercussions from from those who say Kamala Harris. If she said no, there'd be people who would say, well, good for her. She's a Democrat. Harris is obviously unqualified to do even what she's doing. And by the way, there was an article. Was it in the Times? It was somewhere, Washington Post, whatever. Kamala just loves going back home to California. She misses it so much. The groundwork is being laid, my friends. <laughs> the groundwork. She's going to spend a lot of time there pretty soon, even if Biden is the nominee or, or whatever. She, there's no way they're going to let her near the White House. Anyway, so if she said, no, I wouldn't, you know, again, people would say, oh, good for her. She's an independent Democrat, as she called herself. She doesn't feel compelled to say, yes, I would, because she's, you know, but to say, I don't have enough information. I don't have enough information on Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States for the past three years from your home state where she where she served in multiple capacities, where she served as a senator, a seat you're running for now, not her seat, but nonetheless. And you say, I don't have enough information 
I'm sorry. That's the worst possible answer that she could have given. I, I, I don't want to judge her. I don't know why she said it. Was she afraid? Or maybe she's telling the truth and she doesn't have enough information. Whatever that means. But I'm I'm dumbfounded. I, I, I can't believe anyone would say that about the vice president of the United States. Would you vote for her for president? I don't have enough information. And what do you do? Oh, I'm running for the U.S. Senate. <laughs> it's not, not good. Not good. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's continue here, shall we? Um, I want you to hear. Uh, this is from a firing line on uh, PBS. You might recognize Margaret Hoover, who's really, really, really a pretty woman. Um, married to John Avlon, by the way, also of CNN. But she works for PBS. She hosts Firing Line, which William F. Buckley used to host at one point. She's no William F. Buckley. And she has this uh, this uh, journalist author on. His name is Tim Alberta. He wrote a book on evangelicals and their allegiance to Trump and cults and all this kind of stuff. Of course, it's more you know, trashing, now it's evangelical. So here is cut 146. You referenced Donald Trump's uh, uh, rhetoric about retribution. His campaign rhetoric has gotten darker and more authoritarian. Um, he's recently joked that he would behave like a dictator on day one. They're still underestimating what a second Trump term could mean. How seriously should people take Donald Trump's promises? Is that Donald Trump in a second term would be surrounded by a lot of folks who view politics as a proxy for good and evil. There's kind of an apocalyptic zero-sum zeal that infects a lot of these folks who are close to Trump now and who would be surrounding him in a second term. It, 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 it's just such a bunch of nonsense. And it's drilled into our heads and drilled into our heads and drilled into our heads. They never stop. Here's the, uh, the next uh, bite, 147. When we look through the history books and we see this, this fusing of authoritarianism and, and religious fanaticism, and, and more specifically, I would say, religious justification for violence, for conflict. When you see the merging of those two things, that's when you see history's greatest crimes. The, the, the great crimes against humanity, ethnic cleansing, genocide, Holocaust. This is a real threat. And the idea that it could never happen here, that, that Trumpism could not evolve into this sort of civil religion where violence and mass conflict becomes justified in the name of fighting evil with good. I mean, it's the sort of thing that would have sounded totally insane eight years ago. I don't think it's insane anymore. Genocide and concentration camps and Hitler and murder and Trump. Hey, hey, Trump was president for four years. None of that crap happened. None of that crap happened. My God, you got to be out of your mind. But that's their purpose. Now, speaking of out of your mind, The View, Whoopi Goldberg. Are you ready? More Trump and what he's going to do. Cut 144. 
I'm here to say it's ours to lose. <clears throat> it is this country. This is what it's all about. Either you want it to work forward thinking, you want everybody to have the ability to say how they feel, what they want to move forward, or you don't. Or you want somebody who says, I'm going to be on day one, I'm going to be a dictator. Who says it to you, tells you, I'm going to put you people away. I'm going to take all the journalists. I'm going to take all the gay folks. I'm going to move you all around and disappear you. <laughs> if that's the country you want, you know who to vote for. Well, the if, that's not, if that's not the country you want, you have to make a decision. But that's what MAGA you know? wants. Well, that's what we're still in a primary. They may like that, but the, I believe the people of the United <laughs> States will make themselves very clear. This is sick stuff, dangerous, sick stuff. Donald Trump's going to take all the gay people and all the journalists and make them disappear. Where do you get that from, Whoopi, in your mind? That's not a fact. That's your opinion. And it's, in my view, my opinion, it's sick, it's demented, it's Trump derangement syndrome, and you do it every day, and it's on purpose to poison the well. And by the way, repeating the big lie, the other big lie, another big lie against Trump that he promised on day one he's going to be a dictator. No, moron. He said only on day one. He said it to Hannity, and he said it jokingly. And what was he going to do as a dictator? Build the wall, I guess, I don't know, sign an executive order to build the wall, and something else, okay, that most of America would agree with. That means he's going to be a dictator from day one? That's what he said? No, he said on day one only. And his example was, again, building a wall. So take your crap, all of you, all of the view, and all of the media, enough, enough. You are, you're all sick, and you must think that your viewers and your listeners and your fans and whatever are the weakest, dumbest, most pathetic creatures on the face of the earth to believe what you're saying. Folks, tomorrow, no guests. It's Friday, God willing, for me. Uh, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, right here. Steve Malsberg, be here. Tell your friends, tell your enemies on TNT. TNT.